Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Know Her Name podcast here with KSR. Uh, we are sponsored by Tanya Witt at Rise Up Sports Media and happy to be so. Uh, I'm Grant Grubbs. I cover Kentucky women's basketball for KSR and I'm joined by Alex White. Uh, Kentucky women's basketball analyst, all things Kentucky. Uh, today we got a lot to cover, so we're going to hop right into it, and we're going to start by recapping the past five games or so for Kentucky. Uh, so starting off, we're going to discuss the first loss since the last podcast, which was uh, Kentucky falling 72-65 to 65 to Alabama. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Alex? Um, Not not a great loss. I mean, they're a good team, so um, I knew – I knew that one would be a little hard, and I thought that we kept it pretty competitive for the most part. Um, so I really, at that, I mean, during that game, I wasn't that disappointed, basically because I felt like we were getting some good shots, but they just really weren't falling. Um, mm. Shot 38.7% overall, which kind of has become um, a theme after that, um, not shooting great. I don't but, think shot yeah. above 40% since that game. Yeah, yeah, definitely not good. But um, I was proud of how competitive we kept that game um, for the most part. I thought we had a great chance to win that one, honestly. Yeah, I, I felt like that game was the beginning of the backslide for Kentucky here over the past four or five games. Um, it was still close, and we they still showed promise, but it was the first signs of kind of trouble ahead. Um, 
<laughs> a side note on that game, it was the game that Ryan Howard uh, came back to Memorial, which was cool, and we'll ask her about that later here in the interview. Um, you know, it, it just sucks, that game. They had more points off turnovers. They had the same amount of rebounds. Uh, pretty much every stat, if you go through a bench points, I, but, but they just lost. Uh, and I think it just came down to three-point shooting, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was, I mean, yeah, it – it wasn't bad, really, when you look at it. It was pretty even all throughout. Um, definitely the third, second and third quarters um, were where they kind of got us there. Um, beginning and end, we put something together, but um, not not in the middle when we needed it. So, Yeah, um, which is another pattern that seems to be sprouting up. Yes. Uh, so the next game was just four days after that. Uh, we took on Ole Miss. And Kentucky fell 74 to 52. So a little bit of a bigger margin there. Um, Ole Miss also is a solid team, um, but definitely not a team that you should be losing to by 22 points. Yeah, I agreed. I mean, they they are really solid. I mean, they just took South Carolina to overtime, um, which says a lot about how they are as a team. Mm. But yeah, we definitely um, shot, we shot less than 30% in that one. So another one where it was just awful shooting. Um, and what I, I did like, I guess, from that game was how much bench comp contributions we got um, 30 bench points in that game, which is much over what we've been seeing. Um, so that was one positive, but yeah, it definitely, definitely didn't go our way in that one. Yeah, and, you know, a notable thing from that game, obviously, was it was the first game where Maddie Shear went out. Uh, she didn't play in the second half, and I think she scored, like, zero points in the first half. Um, she obviously wasn't herself, and it, I'm we still haven't got a clear answer from Kyra Elsie on what the illness is, but during that game, the SEC commentators were saying that it was headaches was why she left. Yeah, it's that's a very um, odd and kind of scary situation just because um, typically when you do see it being that, it's typically from a concussion and we would have seen that happen and obviously did not. Um, so that is a little worrisome in itself, um, just that she did. But then obviously she's been at least going through some um, practices this week. So hopefully... Hopefully she's back, but that is a really weird situation, and we're clearly lost without her. Um, it's shown how big she really is, how much she really means to this team. I mean, our offense, it, it's a mess right now out there, but we'll, we'll talk about that more a little bit after we recap all these. So uh, just three days after that, uh, Kentucky had maybe their worst performance. They fell to Georgia 50-40. to 40. It was their lowest scoring output of the season. Um, this one wasn't only just Maddie Shear was out, but it was also Robin Benton with an ankle injury that I guess she'd re-aggravated. Yeah, yeah. This one was, I mean, there's not very many positives you can say about that one. It was really just not a good performance from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, they scored five points in the second quarter. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think 12 points between the second and third quarter. It was like every time they scored, it was followed up by a five-minute scoring drought. Yeah. Um. It's pretty much inexcusable. Um, even without your top two players, there's got to be some way that you can find offense. I mean, you're a, you're a power five team. You just you won the SEC championship last year. We know that you have coaching. Um, I don't know. It was just an inexcusable performance by them, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, what's crazy about it is 
one thing we kind of struggled with all season long is rebounding and we actually killed them on the boards that game um Mm -hmm. 43 to 30 and we had 16 offensive boards in that game I mean like one of the areas where we struggled we did well and every other area we just were not good (laughs) it's constantly one step forward two steps back it feels like with this team um the moment they like solve one side of the rubik's cube there's a million issues on the other five sides so um it's tough um and then obviously the most recent game was kentucky fell to vanderbilt 79 57 vanderbilt who was i believe 2 and 11 in sec play entering this game i mean just a horrible loss for the cats yeah i was not good at all and um Louisville native actually Kaija Harbison for them led them um and I mean it's that was just an embarrassing loss honestly um especially the way they just absolutely dominated us um in the second half especially but it was I mean it was like we didn't really even have any fight left in us and I don't I don't know what to say about that one (laughs) it was was one of those games where it felt like it was like hard to watch. You like felt embarrassed for the team. Like they wanted to get off the court. Um, yes. It, it was just bad. Uh, that, that game, Maddie Shear was still out. Asia Petty now randomly was out with an ankle injury. I guess she yeah. got her in practice. Um, and of course the bomb is Niall Everett or tears her ACL in the third quarter. Yes. Yeah. As soon as she went down, I was like, this isn't good. Just, you could tell the way that, the way that she was grabbing it, the way she was holding it, it was definitely um, something torn in her knee. And so um, I was hoping that that wasn't the outcome, but obviously ended up being the outcome in that. And um, definitely, I mean, she's been our starting, one of our starting forwards all season. So um, that's a big loss just to, because, I mean, she's just been one of the consistents, I guess, in a season of a lot of inconsistencies. Yeah, well, with all the games recapped, I guess we can dive into that injury a little bit even more. I mean, yeah. like like you said, she's been the starting forward, and although she's only averaged 2.7 points and 4.1 rebounds a game, um, she's been vital, uh, especially as of late when the bigs have kind of started to pick up their game a little bit, created less turnovers. Yes. Um, I'm not really sure what direction Kentucky goes from here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and I think a big part of what she brings is just a defensive presence, um, kind of altering shots with her length, even if she's not getting blocks on them, she alters them a lot um, for opposing players bigs. Um, And yeah, especially um, we didn't have Asia Petty in that one either. So I mean, in an area where we were already really shorthanded, now we're even more shorthanded. So I'm interested to see, can this maybe somehow work out for the best. You know, you try to think optimistically, does Kyra LZ try a five-guard lineup, and does it work? I, I don't know. I mean, at times it's looked like five gar- guards are our best players um, yeah. with, obviously, Jada, Maddie, uh, Robin, Blair, and then I think maybe throwing in freshman Kennedy Cambridge uh, in there, which we can discuss that a little bit. Kennedy yes. didn't play at all during the Vanderbilt game, not a single minute, despite being one of their top players here while Maddie's been out. Uh, what do you think about that whole issue, Alex? Um, honestly, I was expecting to hear after that there was an injury or something that had happened, so I was really shocked and it 
being just like a coach's decision not to play. I do wonder if there's maybe something that went on behind the scenes that's causing mm -hmm. that. Um, just because, I mean, she had just started the game before that. So then did not play her at all. Um, that I mean, she was in her hometown too and playing against her sister's team. Obviously, her sister's out this season as well. But um, just it was it was odd um, to say the least when we were already shorthanded. Um, Robin Bitten was struggling to hit shots. I really I really was shocked to see um, some of our guards that haven't played as much come in um, and they did good. But it's I think Kennedy could have definitely helped us in a game like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, I've been using the term in some of my writing, shadow suspension, because she's not coming out and saying it's anything, yeah. but it, unless she's just seen some miraculous thing in tape, there has to be something else going on for her to sit Kennedy Cambridge. Um, and frankly, in my opinion, now's not the time to be doing that when you're two and I guess 11 now in SEC play. Uh, you know, now's not the time to be making disciplinary stands it's time to win games. So unless yeah. she had a very good reason, Kennedy probably should have been out on the court. Yeah, I agree. Especially because I feel like this is also, she's one that really um, we can use looking into the future. We can use and could be a really valuable part to this team. Um, with the transfer portal, you kind of worry about something like that when it's coming at this point in the season, um, her looking to maybe move because of something like this. So hopefully not. But yeah, I was looking at what she's done. And I mean, she had eight rebounds um, against Georgia. She had four turnovers. That was the only thing I could possibly see as like a negative there but I mean our whole team has been turning the ball over way more than <laughs> average so um uh, four turnovers versus Ole Miss as well but then she had zero against Alabama um so I mean if you kind of look at it it was the the two most recent games she had four turnovers but if you're just looking at stats that's legitimately the only thing I could really find as a negative mm -hmm. so I can't imagine that being um what's keeping her out because she brings so much other value to the floor yeah, I don't want to speculate, but um, I would not be surprised if there's something going on there. Yeah, and then I um, uh, just to quickly mention Maddie Shear. Um, you know, they they continue to say it's illness. It's they haven't said it's obviously not a COVID related illness as she's been with the team. She's been uh, she actually was participating in the shoot around at Vanderbilt, um, but she still hasn't returned. So I'm not really sure what's going on there. I don't know. It's weird for it to be illness, but she's participating with the team. Yeah, I I agree. I and I mean, I yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but we definitely need her. I mean, that's <laughs> that's been very obvious, yeah, and yeah, I, it opens a lot up for everybody else as well. Just having her out there, um, we're a lot cleaner with the ball. We, I mean, we've had let's see, twenty two turnovers in each of the last two games, which is insane um we haven't forced as many turnovers as what we um were averaging before either so yeah definitely um you can see how it's affecting all areas of the game especially even robin benton um now i don't know if she was maybe not all the way healthy since she sat out um against um georgia i don't know if she was mm -hmm. fully healthy but she definitely didn't look fully like herself in that uh vandy game either for sure um, quickly before we hop into the Ryan Howard interview, um, they did announce Memorial Coliseum's finally getting some much needed, uh, renovations, uh, as a media member who's in there two or so times a week, I can tell you I'm happy. Uh, it gets pretty hot in there. Um, 
did you have any thoughts on that Alex yeah it looks great um the the at least the overall um view that they have in mind for it looks really really good um the big board over top um I mean I think this is very much so needed um definitely if you go in there you could tell it's a very old arena um so I think this is very needed but it looks I mean what they have in mind looks absolutely fantastic yeah and not only is it needed it's deserved I mean you know Kentucky's not having a great season but last year they won the SEC championship volleyball plays in there they won national championship I mean uh it's very well deserved very needed um and it's deserved because of players like Ryan Howard so I guess segueing into that uh unless you have anything else you want to hop into the interview Alex yeah absolutely let's get into it all right so to get things started um kind of thinking back to your time at Kentucky um you obviously came there when Matthew Mitchell was still the head coach and then um, obviously had Kyra LZ transition into that head coach role while you were there. What, if you could just say like a couple words to describe it, what is she like as like a head coach? Um, Down to business, I would say. <laughs> she knows what she wants and she knows how to get her players to do it. So whenever she has a vision for something, she puts it in plan immediately. Like she lets everybody know what her vision is and that if we aren't on board with her vision, then we can just leave. Uh, Ryan, you know, following that up, it wasn't too long ago that you were back in Lexington. I saw you even went through a practice, it looked like, with the team. How was that, and did you kind of give the team any advice? Um, Yes, I did practice with them. I was on the practice team, so that was fun. <laughs> um, and just being able to, you know, get out there and, you know, humble them a little bit. Um, I'm just kidding, but I did, you know, talk to them a little bit um, after the game that they had that day before and just, you know, I've communicated with them like over the year, I watch all the games, um, just trying to see like where everybody's head is at um, and see like how everybody's doing, just staying in touch pretty much. Awesome. And then, so outside of kind of the basketball world, what is something that made like your time at UK really special to you? Um, I'll probably say connections. Like I made a lot of friends who weren't athletes. And so just being able to have, you know, the friends that, you know, don't know what it's like and don't know what you're going through so that you don't have to always talk about, you know, how your sport is going or like what, you know, y'all's workout was this morning. Um, but it was just good just to have that time. And, you know, I joined a sorority in Zeta Phi Beta. So that was like another sisterhood for me just to, you know, be able to go and you know, let loose and just not have to worry about anything else. Well, obviously now, Ryan, you have moved on to bigger and better things. And with so much success that first year in the WNBA, did you kind of have a first, like, welcome to the WNBA moment where you're like, this is happening? Um, I don't really know. I would probably say, like, my welcome to the WNBA moment was having to go from the draft immediately to Atlanta. Like after like the next day we had like orientation and stuff. And then I got a call there like, yeah, we need you here Wednesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> a quick turnaround. Yeah. So if you had to think of like one of the toughest matchups that you had in your first season in the WNBA, who's one of like the toughest players you went against? Toughest players? I don't know. I'd probably say I had to guard Joel Lloyd a couple of times. 
And, you know, I think my defense is pretty good, <laughs> but she's still scoring. And I was like, I'm looking at my coach like, and my coach is like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, that's just her. But going against her is definitely good um, just for my experience and, you know, being able to learn from her and see, like, how she plays against, you know, tougher defenders. Um, I'll probably say Chelsea Gray is up there because how do you stop that? Um, but, yeah, just anybody, like, really, you never know what you're going to get from somebody that day. So, you always have to be in your A game. Did you feel any pressure in your rookie year to kind of perform being the number one pick or anything, or did it just feel like another game out there every night? It just felt like another game. Like, I was super comfortable with my teammates and my coaches, with everybody in Atlanta, because they didn't – when they brought me in, they didn't say, yeah, we need you to score. But, like, I mean, like, I knew that, they knew that, but it wasn't like, listen, we're going to lose if you don't do this. It was more like – as a whole, we're going to lose if we don't do this. Like, if we don't come together, then it's going to be bad. Um, and so through basketball, you've obviously traveled a lot, um, obviously within the U.S. whenever you're playing, but also internationally um, now in Italy. Um, do you are you somebody who enjoys traveling? And what's like the favorite your favorite place that you've been so far? Um, I do like traveling. But, however, I haven't had a lot of time to, like, see the stuff when I go to the countries I travel to. Um, but being in Italy is very nice. It's very quiet, very clean. Um, not a lot of people recognize you, so I'm more to myself, so I like that. Um, it's very beautiful. Like, anywhere you go is a sight seeing itself. Um, and just, you know, being able to have this and, you know, take – what I'm learning over here and like the physical play and, you know, how teams key on you or just, you know, free for all sometimes over here and take it back and be more prepared for next season. Now that teams over there know how I play, know what I like to do, know what I like to get to. It's just, it's good. Well, Ryan, you're living in another country, much less outside of the dorms or with roommates anymore. But do you still ever think back to those times with Blair Green or do you guys still keep in touch pretty well? Yeah, we we talk a lot. Um, I'll send her like, you know, old memories and stuff or like because she scares easily. So I would always scare her. So those will come up and I'll send them to her or just check on how she's doing, um, how she feels the season is going, just you know, her new boo, how everything's going. <laughs> she never told me I need to be available for the wedding. So, yeah, we've we've heard from her that she needs to plan her wedding around your schedule is what she told us. So it sounds like she's definitely planning for you to be there no matter what. <laughs> Listen, I'll give you as soon as it comes out, you will have it. <laughs> so thinking between kind of being in Italy now and the WNBA, um, your first season there, what is the biggest difference between playing in those two um, leagues? Um, here in Italy is more of like, a, it's more physical and, you know, the refs don't call as much as they do in the league. So I feel like that is preparing me because I don't think I get a lot of calls anyways. <laughs> but now I, I'm not going to be like, like, that was a foul. Like, in my head, I'll be like, that was a foul, but I'm not going like, to complain or nothing like that. 
with this uh, kind of experience under your belt and obviously winning Rookie of the Year, what aspirations do you have moving into your second year in the WNBA? Um, my aspirations always are team goals first because in the way I think you don't get, you know, individual accolades unless your team is doing good. And so if my team is doing well, then they'll look at me or whoever on my team is doing good. Um, but it would be nice to be like in the MVP race. <laughs> that would, that's always an option for anybody. Um, but just, you know, continue to make a name for myself, continue to, you know, be the future of this league um, and just, you know, continue to help it grow. Awesome. And then I kind of wrapping up before we kind of finish off with some quick hitters. Um, what would you say, like your time at Kentucky looks looked like in your mind um kind of as a whole I would probably say it was definitely a learning experience and a growing experience for me but there was a lot of fun times um a lot of good teammates that came and went a lot of good memories bad memories that we bond over now and go back and laugh at now um you know just being able to have other people that are going through the tough times that college athletes often go through and everyone feels that way uh, was just good and just continue to like make those memories and you know do it for us like we weren't doing it for anybody else we were doing it for us absolutely and what was your favorite memory when you were there if you had to pick one I mean I never won a championship before so I guess by default my favorite memory is the SEC championship (laughs) pretty tough to beat yeah. Um, um, Alex, do you want to yeah. wrap them up with some quick hitters here? Yes, I'm going to rattle off some quick hitters. So um, just some quicker questions to go through to wrap things up. Um, so we'll get started with what is your favorite city to play in? Favorite city to play in? I like a lot of fans. So Vegas, I would say Vegas. They get a, a really good crowd. They get, Everybody's into it. And then my city does not that's not my home to like where we play. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then this may be the same answer, but what's the hardest arena to play in? Hardest arena. Washington. Washington. Um, what's your go-to shoe to wear for games? Right now it's uh AJ36, but it could change. It's next season. (laughs) Switch it up every season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's your favorite player to play against? Favorite player to play against? I like somebody that I can have fun with. I don't know. I like playing against everybody. I mean, I don't really talk, but (laughs) it's just fun to have a matchup where you can be like, okay, you do something, and then I do something, and then you do something, and then I do something. Yeah, we saw we saw some um, you and Kelsey Plum having some fun at the All Star Weekend. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite restaurant in Atlanta? Favorite restaurant. Um, so me and Nas went to this breakfast place a lot called um, Maple Street Biscuits. So good, <laughs> I think, and it was like right down the street from where we were living. It was that's so always. It sounds fantastic. <laughs> um, what's your favorite thing to do in Atlanta? 
everything to do. We didn't do that much, but I did like just anything really. Like there's a lot of good stuff. Like I did top golf or like painting. Um, there was this putt shack place where you go indoor putt putt. It's a lot of good stuff. Oh, it's really like let's revisit next year because <laughs> me and us have a plan to get out more and do more things. Yeah, it's hard when, you, especially your rookie season. I'm sure it's hard to do much beyond basketball there. Yeah. Um, Atlanta or Italy? Atlanta. Okay, and then last, Atlanta Dream Red or Kentucky Blue? Technically, <laughs> technically, there is a blue with Atlanta. So, <laughs> I'm going to say the middle of blue. <laughs> Atlanta Dream Red. Blue. I'm not going to choose. I'm just going to say blue. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on here, Ryan. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate it. All right. Thank you for uh, joining us back here on the latter half of the Know Her Name podcast. Um, For this little back half here, we typically tend to kind of preview the games coming up. And, you know, with only two games left, we're going to look a little bit at the SEC tournament outlook for the uh, women's team here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We got... Texas A&M um, coming up next, traveling there. Um, one are actually the worst team in the conference right now. Um, so definitely a chance for us to um, get another win in conference um, going into our last game. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on that Texas A&M game? Uh, they need it. Uh, they need the win for sure. Um I mean, Texas A&M, I think it's 1-13 or something. They're, they're bottom. They're bottom yeah. of the conference. Um, but Vanderbilt was second to last or third to last from the conference, and we lost by 22 to them. So at this point, there's no telling. Um, I feel good about it if Maddie Shear can return, but I think at this point it's just a mental game for the team and keeping their heads up. Uh, if they go in there and just already feel like they're going to lose, that's the exact outcome they're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's big. And I'm hoping um, just with the season coming to an end um, that some of the um, seniors really step it up as well, just obviously wanting to finish out as strong as they can. Um, And I think they will. They haven't shown otherwise that they would ever give up or quit. Um, But I definitely think, like you said, that having if we have Maddie, that's the key. If we have Maddie, I love our chances um, of going down there. And if we don't, then I mean, I still think that we have a shot. It's just how do we respond, especially now with Naya out? Um, Obviously, we won't have her the final uh, parts of the season. So Mm -hmm. definitely big there as well. Yeah, and then looking forward for the final game, and I believe it will be senior night, correct, um, is the Tennessee game. And Tennessee is currently number three in the SEC standings, uh, just behind LSU and South Carolina, who are two of the top teams in the country. Uh, I, I don't like our chances for our seniors going out strong in that one. Yeah, I would have to agree there. Um Honestly, Tennessee, at the beginning of the season, really before conference play, um, they really disappointed a lot of expectations um, Mm -hmm. that their fans had for them. Um, 
didn't really know how they would be, but in the last half of the season, they obviously have um, gotten a lot more comfortable. You can tell that they've gotten into the rhythm, um, know how to use the personnel that they have. And they, I mean, it's not a great, great opponent to have on senior night. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, yeah. Looking forward, I guess, for the SEC tournament, standing so we're number 13 right now or no we're number 12 right now in sec standings um but it's unlikely that we get out especially with facing tennessee if we go one and one we're pretty much bound to be in that number 12 versus number 13 game and if we somehow lose to texas a&m we'll be facing the 11 seed um so right now it kind of looks like we're probably going to be rematching vanderbilt uh which isn't great considering they beat us by 22 uh, last game, but we uh, were obviously shorthanded. So I don't, I don't know. How are you feeling moving into the SEC tournament, Alex? Um, I guess apprehensive would be the word I'd probably use to <laughs> describe how I will feel going into it. Just because um, I, I don't know who's going to be out on the floor, and that's like the big question mark I have. So, um, I mean honestly getting Maddie back in a game like that I think would be huge because I think she would have been huge in that Vandy game if we would have had her um mm-hmm. I mean the turnovers just go down significantly when she's out there um she's a little more um just true floor general with the ball so um I like our chances of beating them in a rematch if we do have her and honestly if we can play like kennedy cambridge um which hopefully she'll be back as well um um, whatever it is that's going on there but i mean i think that she could have done a lot in that kind of game too um i i really think she would have thrived to be honest in that game yeah i think with the right pieces uh kentucky has a good chance of escaping that first four and actually getting into the tournament um, but those chances, like you said, are basically non-existent. If Maddie, for some reason, is still ill with whatever she has going on, or Kendi's just mysteriously benched. Um, so the outlook can either be bleak or, you know, pretty hopeful. But I think at this point, it's kind of about just finishing with some pride. Yeah, I agree. And if we get past that that first round, um, I mean, we've shown an ability to compete with nearly everybody in the SEC, um, but they obviously were very top-heavy in the FCC. So those top teams are definitely going to be the favorites going in. But, um, yeah. like, yeah, like you said, I think we just got to try to finish as strong as we possibly can, especially um, seniors just trying to go out on the highest note that they possibly can. Yep. I mean, who knows? Last year I went expecting to be in Nashville for two or so nights, and they won the championship, so you never know. Um, We'll stay hopeful, but, uh, you know, got to be realistic with your beliefs, so we'll see. Uh, Thank you all for listening to another episode of KSR's Know Her Name podcast, once again sponsored by Tanya Witt over at Rise Up Sports Media. And uh, we'll continue to try and bring you guys the best Kentucky women's basketball coverage out there, and we'll see you all next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 
in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 